This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. It's time for the Sooner post-game show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. We are here on Campus Corner at the Scoop offices uh, a little after 2 a.m., uh, 2.20 a.m. Uh, in the morning as uh, we've gotten all your content up on the website on Soonerscoop.com. Uh, we've uh, had some guests uh, barge their way into the studio as usual. They bought some hats, though, Eddie, so uh, it was it was okay. They bought they bought some merch. That's all right. They, at, they at wanted some... to see where the... the uh, Make Lindsay Street Great Again merch room was. That's beautiful. I saw a lot of. Uh, I had a buddy that uh, they had. You know, they bought they bought a house here around the corner from us, and uh, they had the, the flag flying proudly Ooh, today. Nice. So it was Eddie knows all. The it was people. good. It was good. It was uh, it was cold. Yes, but I think I if there's one thing that we can walk out of Norman saying tonight, it's that I think they have some players that care. Yes, and I, I, I've been they critical. They want a game. They I've want been, a football game. Look, I've been very critical of the defense and the players and, and, and how much desire or want to or just, just do they give a crap. I mean, that's even been headlines on the website. And look, it's, it's been kind of a weird night already. Uh, we've had a player's dad come after us. Uh, subtweet, by the way. Um, it, it's, it's just weird because I think a lot of people don't know how to handle this. You know, five and five. Sure. Like, it's okay if you are upset. And we deal with all kinds of like I went, you know, I've been on the message boards since the end of the game and there's plenty of, you know, people like stop starting fire levy threads. Like th- that happens. I mean, that happens on my Twitter mentions during the game. People want to get rid of everything. They they there's people that wanted to get rid of Dylan Gabriel during the game today that forget like there is no option. So, like we get it. Like you can you can criticize, you can call for people's heads. I mean, uh, that's just part of being a fan. The thing about it is, it's like we were so critical of the defense, and you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to give it up to them. They were f***ing fantastic, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw out an F-bomb. Played really it. well. I mean, they played their asses off tonight, and they did something. Look, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to make this as like Texas is back kind of Oh, thing. no. Like, yeah, like nothing. There, no, there's not a that, lot to get like, fixed. That, okay, now it's the number one defense in the country. Like, you know, it's all fixed. Sure. No, none of that. Like, it, but it was a great first step. And that's, Eddie, that's all I was looking for. That's a, why I was so critical of the defense and the players is because, you know, 
and you and I have talked a lot about it. He's not getting lined up right, not understanding what you do. Like, yeah. like just seemingly like you don't give a shit enough to get better or to be embarrassed by the things that sure. you were putting out there. And tonight's the first time I felt like this defense took it personally. They got ready for this game. Yeah. And they went out and played their asses off. So yeah. kudos to them. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, Deshaun talked about it after the game just as far as, you know, I, I think kind of their mantra has been to keep battling, keep grinding, keep getting after it every day. And, you know, he's talked about it openly, how frustrating it's been over the last, uh, you know, couple couple weeks, months, whatever it is, years for some some guys on this defense, but particularly this defense that, you know, when you work your ass off and you're just not seeing any type of positives that are coming out of it or not, you know, getting the fruits of that labor, then, you know, I, I think that, it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get down. It's easy to, uh, you know, have locker room dissension or whatever you want to call it. But uh, tonight for the first time, it seemed like, you know, or at least in a long time, it seemed like uh, they got some positive momentum early and it held Yeah, and it kept them in the game. And, you know, damn, defensively, they won the game for him. They won the game for him snaps tonight. for OSU tonight on offense. It's unbelievable. And they, 74 for Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, that should have been a tired, worn-out defense that had every reason to fold. One touchdown in 19 series. Is that what it was? What it, that, I, I think that's so. what it yeah. ends up being on the on paper. Yeah. I mean, they, they. I thought they played really well. There were there were points where you just you didn't think that Oklahoma State was going to be able to move the ball until they started moving the ball a little bit in the fourth quarter. And we get to all that here in a little bit. Well, and, you know, I, I think my criticism comes directly on the offensive side of the ball and not even the players. I mean, like, this is another one of those games, like coming out of that West Virginia game, we felt like, oh, shit, like I, this feels like a coaching problem all of a sudden. Uh, and I, I would say 100% this feels like a coaching problem coming out tonight, like where they fell short because Jeff Levy would not run the clock. I mean, it, it just – like, it, it – it, at some point, in it because of Brent Venable's comments after the game, like I think there's probably a thing going on where Brent's a first-year head coach, Jeff's his first-year offensive coordinator. He wants to allow him to run the offense the way that he sees fit. But they're going to have to have a serious talk after this about yeah. clock Boy, management, and and it almost cost him a twenty-eight point lead today. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it official, I mean, it, they legitimately opened the door for Oklahoma State to come back in this game with the way they handled sure. uh, their philosophy offensively, which is still snap it as fast as you can, basically. Don't take any time off the clock. And they had, what, eight three and out back-to-backs that were like a minute, you know, average right around a minute of, of time holding the ball. Like, that's unacceptable. So they basically, like, I, I asked Lebby after the game, I was like, you know, they're points in the second half in the fourth quarter where you're like hey Dylan maybe don't snap the ball with 27 seconds left and he basically made it almost he I don't I don't want to say that he passed the buck but he almost made it seem like there was talk on the headset that that's what he's supposed to do and it just wasn't happening I I mean again that that though is coaching like no it is when it comes to how much when you snap the ball, how much time is on the clock? Like, if you don't see that in a game and you continue to see that, you have to go to the player and say, look, stop doing this. Don't snap the ball. Yes. But, and albeit, you but know, they without... also had punts that, that, you know, late in the game were like 15, I think it was 17 seconds left sure. when they snapped a punt back to, to Michael Turk. Sure. And, you know, I it, it was just weird. 
And, you know, even in the postgame tonight, it was weird because if you would have just walked in there and not known what the score was, you kind of probably would have thought they they got beat tonight. Like, that that was kind of the general sentiment around the team. And even Brent, I think, was – he was happy, obviously. But at the same time, I think he was almost just kind of relieved. Like, I think there there was a lot of weight off a lot of people's shoulders getting this sixth win and getting bowl eligible. Like, and yeah. as sad as that is to say – at Oklahoma, uh, it kind of is what it is. And, you know, this is also a team that, uh, you know, I, I think we sat around, you know, a week ago in Morgantown talking about, you know, are they going to be able to win another game the rest of the season to get bowl eligible? Well, and, and you know. And it's too bad because they played so f***ing well in the first quarter. Yeah. Like 28 to nothing. It was a. It was a perfect game. It was. They, they were. They were. They were shooting a perfect game. Or, they or came out a and game. absolutely just dominated the football game. And that was. They, they, they started taking momentum. And even when they were up 28 to nothing, it still felt like they could be up 42 to nothing. Yeah. Like there's still moments where it's like, yeah, this is great and everything, but there's blood in the water. Don't let these guys hang around. Yeah. And they let them hang around. Sure. And, and they. It didn't continue. What. I posted this on the board. Like this is, this is, like uh, the best example of the night for Oklahoma, uh, in terms of uh, just how it went for them from the first quarter on. Um, so in the first quarter, two hundred ninety nine yards of total offense. Like uh, I think that what they figured out that was the the most ever uh, in Bedlam, and then the second most ever in any quarter, or the most ever in a first quarter, and then the second in any quarter. So 299 total yards on 28 plays, which the defense got them two turnovers in the first quarter, I believe, to give them more plays. So 299 in the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, 66 yards total. Uh, Third quarter, 42 yards total. Fourth quarter, 27 yards total. Like, what a crazy, ridiculous... And here's the other thing. like, And there were points in the fourth quarter where it's like, I don't think they can move the ball. Like, obviously, they couldn't move the ball, but, like, I didn't have any faith when they got first and 10 that they were going to be able to move the ball. And here's the problem. So, you go up 28-0. You don't score again the entire game. The second quarter, the way that you play offense, Jeff Levy, OSU has the ball for 10 minutes and 10 seconds in the second quarter. Oklahoma, 4 minutes and 50 seconds. Move on to the third. Oklahoma State, over 10 minutes with the ball. Oklahoma under five minutes with the ball. Fourth quarter. The way you should be running the clock out. Oklahoma State, nine minutes and 39 seconds possession. Oklahoma, five minutes and 21 seconds. I mean, that's... And all this time, you're up 28, 18, 18 for for a long time. Yeah. And then 15, obviously. Right. It just... You kept, like, kind of twiddling your thumbs going... All right, they're they're in good shape, and then the fourth quarter starts because they're having to punt. And it's like, all right, well, like, you know, you're still up eighteen. <laughs> you, no way, right? They needed that one more touchdown to really kind of make OU. Hey, and but credit, they couldn't get. I mean, credit a bunch of those guys that, and I, I tweeted this during the game. Like credit a bunch of those seniors: Deshaun White, Jordan Kelly, Jalen Redman. When they needed some plays in the fourth quarter. They kind of bucked themselves and and obviously came up with some big stops. I mean, the defense was fantastic. I mean, yeah, they, they, well. they would not let Oklahoma State come back. No matter what the offense did to keep giving them the ball back with as little of the time off the clock as possible, 
the defense continued to step up and make big plays. I mean, Deshaun White's interception in the end zone, uh, just the tackles for loss. I mean, they had 13 tackles for loss on the night, six sacks. So, uh, the, I mean, one of the things about it, like Oklahoma State, you you saw throughout the season, even going back to that Kansas State game, Texas game, like you knew their offensive line wasn't that good. And Oklahoma definitely took advantage of it. Uh, and, and Jonah Luala, what a game he had tonight. I mean, he was that was okay, his so best game as a Sooner. How weird was the interception? Like, I think I got a pretty good shot of it, uh-huh. but it tipped up in the air, right? Like, right. he's not back right. in coverage. Right. Okay. It got okay. T- yeah. I think it – I can't remember who it was that tipped it. It might have been Woody. Uh, but somebody tipped it, and he was standing right there. Not getting into the end zone. Like, he's going to replay that forever and be like, how did I not get in the end zone on that? But then – and that was the other thing. Like, they just didn't take that much of an advantage off of turnovers tonight. Yeah. That was the disappointing Well, and, I mean, the only thing you could say negative about the defense was that. Yeah, and, and I think that that's that one wasn't of, their that wasn't their issue. That was the offense. Yeah, sure. They, like, they put them in really good position to, to take advantage of those turnovers, and they just weren't able to do it. I – you know, I – as bad as things have been, it's hard to sit here and just bitch and complain and criticize. And I'm not really doing that. I'm just, no, it's – My biggest complaint is with – the philosophy on offense sure. like, that we we just continue to ignore the play clock. Yeah. Like, that is, to me, it's and criminal. And that's not even like, is that play calling as much as it is just like a basic football understanding? Yeah. Like a basic IQ. I mean. Uh, Which is surprising that Dylan Gabriel, they just kept snapping it. I know. I mean, you think at some point he'd be like, eh. I mean, I, here's the thing. And I think this is probably your know, first year in this offense. They just need to go to practice and say, okay, we need, we need to practice waiting to snap the ball. Because I, I feel like they, they probably haven't done that. Well, and Because it's all about this is, this is our offense, fast, 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 fast. Kind of get, you know, just, just searing that into their brain. It probably is like counterproductive in Jeff Levy's mind to say, let's have a practice where we go slow intentionally. Because, I mean, yeah. it's almost like saying, it's almost like saying, well... You know, in case my wife divorces me, uh, I'm gonna stash all this money to the sure. side. Uh, it's just like you don't, you don't, you want to, you don't want to be negative, especially and, in the first year. And there were there were points where you know, I think fans hate it. I hate talking about it, but like the execution stuff, like Jalil Farouk, you got to catch the ball. He had a, a really bad night tonight. His, his worst, really, I would say, his only bad night that I can. Recall noticeably bad. Yeah, just noticeably over and over. bad. I mean, the one he missed, like that was one of the things. Like you're struggling, and and Dylan Gabriel hits you on the run in the chest. Like you, I mean, you got to catch it. Down, you you got to catch, catch it. Braden Willis, you got to catch. You got to hold on to the football. Yeah, like you're you have an opportunity. And this was like the thing that I started thinking of in the first half is how many times does this team have to give like be given the opportunity to take momentum in a game, and they took it tonight at, yeah. at, at some point. But you have a chance to go up 35 to nothing. That's basically like the knockout blow that you've been looking for. And it's and your team you, captain that's fumbling. And yeah. you fumble. And yeah. like, I, it just like, it's little things like that that they're still not great at. But, you know, as much as we bitched and complained about the, the details of the game last week, they didn't have any crazy penalties tonight, I didn't think. Uh, I thought the, the, the hold, you said the holding call on Antoine Harrison was terrible. I thought it was bullshit. 
I thought the pass interference call that set up Oklahoma State's touchdown that was, was bullshit. awful, too. That was, that was the worst call that's, of the night. That's one of the... Uh, Literally that's the most livid that I've, arm at all. That's the most livid I've probably seen Brent It was a terrible this call. This year. It was he an got awful pissed. call. He got pissed. Yeah, Woody... Woody... Like, I saw the stuff that other people were getting away with all day in college football. Like, it was... No, I mean, there was nothing there. I can't... I mean, that official is... is he should be ashamed. Yeah, that was that was bad. But then again, there were there was a lot of a lot of really good tonight. Javante Barnes continues to look like I somebody to that's going to be good. Him. I mean, I I, just, I really felt like he was running the ball well. Yeah, and well, we there seen was more of him. There was a there was a point in the fourth quarter that uh, and TJ Acker was right next to me, and we both had the same reaction. It's like he had the ball out like up above mm-hmm. his shoulders. And it you know, they're milking that 15 point lead. And it's like you could just see DeMarco like Get your ass in there, Eric. We cannot be doing this. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I just looking at the sheet. I mean, it was it was crazy because you know in the first half, Oklahoma State could not buy a first down, and then the second half, Oklahoma couldn't buy a first down. Uh, I didn't look at the splits, but like I'm looking at them right now, uh, just comparing how they did. Like first half, uh, let me just go to the the first half stats here. In terms of first downs, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Um, well, just to tell you how they had bad, fifteen, and OSU had eight. Just to tell you how bad Oklahoma State or uh, Oklahoma has been in the second half. Like Oklahoma State ended up outgaining them. Right. Third downs, man. The last two weeks have just been absolutely abysmal. Like I, I don't know any other way to say it. They're, they have been awful. On third down. And it's not third and longs. It's like third and threes that they can't pick up. They were... Third Oklahoma and ends up uh, one and 14 on the night. Only a 7% completion. So they are two for 27 in their last eight quarters on third down? It's Yeah, something awful like that. I mean... How? Like how how are they so bad on they third down? They only had two first downs in the second half. Oklahoma did. Yeah, and one of them was on like the first play of the second half, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, first play of their their offensive possession. I just don't get it. I do not get it. But I mean, like all that said, like OSU gets gets the ball uh, to start the second half, and the defense holds them to a three and out. Like there was so much good to no, go there along was. with the weird. To there was. And especially on the defensive side of the ball where, you know, I think you kind of just take what you and get. you still didn't have Jaden Davis. I mean, C.J. Colden started, did a great job tonight, I thought. Um, I mean, everybody. Billy Bowman had a really nice night tonight. Uh, it was, How about they, that? The pick. Oh. Coming across uh, coming across the uh, the middle there. And, and he had a couple that he could have had tonight. I thought I, when, when he picked off the ball in the red zone there, I, I thought he was taking it back. Yeah. Like. He needed, he needed a get past one guy. It's it's just like, and you talk about little things, it's like they had the throwback to Marvin Mims on the kick uh-huh, return, mm-hmm. and you you can't pay that off. Like, didn't they end up going three and out after that? Oh, At yeah. At about midfield? Yeah, they got to the 40, between the 40 and the 50. It's just Did they like, go three and out after yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. It's just little things like that that you look back and you're like, God, this thing could be so much better than what it is. And, you know. All right, of course, you know, the uh, post-game podcast of Sooner Scoop brought to you by Eskridge Lexus, which uh, they've been a proud sponsor uh, for several years. They're the official travel partner 
uh, of the Sooner Scoop postgame podcast and the, uh, well, drunken postgame podcast uh, when the situations arrive. It's unbelievable we haven't had one of those this year. Uh, look, new car inventories are still pretty limited, but uh, inventories, they're, they're improving. And uh, they've got new, more, more new vehicles arriving every week. Uh, since their new car inventories have been so limited, they've also been stocking up on Lexus L certified pre-owned vehicles. We've driven some of those, and they are fantastic. All Lexus L certified vehicles come with an unlimited mile full, uh, unlimited full factory warranty uh, with up to uh, six years of coverage. And L certified cars also come with four free services, free car washes, uh, and use of brand new Lexus loaner vehicles while your car's in our service department. So uh, I'll tell you this about Lexus. Unlike other dealers you're going to find out there, they never charge over MSRP on a new car. They never charge you a dock fee or make you pay for accessories that you really don't want. So visit EskridgeLexus.com for the most up-to-date inventories or to book your next service appointment uh, and just check those guys out. They do a great job for us as our travel partner. You know me, I've driven a Lexus for uh, over a decade now. Uh, wouldn't drive anything else. So EskridgeLexus.com, go check them out. They were just showing Drake Stoops. He he came out just on fire tonight. That's the other thing. Like, you know, that pass to him in the corner of the end zone, that was one of the best passes that Dylan Gabriel's made all year. Yeah. And yeah. he has that in him. Yeah. No, he does. Like, and that's why it's so frustrating to see some of the stuff that they throw out there that it's just like it looks so discombobulated at times. Yeah. Conjul, you know, I thought some of the – the snaps, they it was did awful. have a problem today. It was awful. I mean, uh, they've got to get that fixed. Yeah. And a lot of it was it's like, like he was throwing like little softballs. Yeah, it was like little, just little. They, they had no velocity on them. They were low. So Dylan Gabriel was having to bend over and wait on a snap. Meanwhile, the play is in motion. Sure. And so it affected his drops. It affected, uh, you know, just his balance. I mean, just he had to, when you, you know, I want to go back to my baseball stuff, but it's kind of like, when you're trying to throw out a guy at second base, you don't want the pitcher to throw a pitch like to your far left because you have to bring it all the way across your body and then get your feet set and then step into the throw. It's the same thing playing quarterback. Like if you have to bend over to get the ball and usually take a step forward so it doesn't hit the ground, like then you've got to stand up, get your feet underneath you. And then you have to go through all the things that you do to throw a football correctly. Like it's just, it, it, it didn't, killed him tonight, but no. it, it certainly didn't help. I think it's a good football team that probably would have killed him. It's just they've got to fix I mean, Rain comes back, yeah, it's it's fine, but it was it was a noticeable problem tonight for the offense. Yeah, it, and I I don't think that that's going to be happening anytime soon with Rain coming back, at least not yeah, this year. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it, you know, they're bowl eligible, six and five, uh, Tech coming up next week. They're bowl eligible, uh, which I think is good. They beat Iowa State tonight. Sure. Um, so they're not trying to, you know, get bowl eligible yeah. next you, week. You, would, I mean, you don't want to walk into that next right. week at six thirty. I mean, I I crowd and I mean it's it's going to be nuts already. But it should be nice. It'll be a little or fun or whatever less you intense call it. probably now yeah. that they're in a and in a bowl I game. guess in a way are they kind of playing for? Obviously, they're going to be playing for like the bowl whatever you want to call it, like the seeding of it, uh, the winner, you know, te- OU and Tech will probably get a better bowl game, right? Right. I mean, when it comes to that, the, the bowls can pick whoever they want. I mean, it's supposed sure, to be slotted sure, or sure, whatever. Sure. Uh, but they could, they, they get to, it's their bowl game. They get to pick. I mean, so like if it's the Liberty and 
Tech has just beaten Oklahoma, there's a pretty good chance that Liberty could still take Oklahoma because the name. It was weird walking into the postgame tonight and seeing a Liberty Bowl official. <laughs> Although, you know who was there? That was kind of It was kind of weird. I don't know why they were there. The Peach Bowl. The fine folks from the Peach Bowl. Hmm. Got my free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Ah, oh, damn you. Be our guest. Me and Eric Bailey. Bailey uh, schmoozed him enough to... Uh, I bet Bob got about seven of those. I don't think he. I don't think he knows. Don't tell anybody. Uh-oh. Yeah, don't tell him. I don't think Bob listens to our pods when he's not on them. That's fine. We'll see. We'll no, find I don't, out. I guess we'll find Bob, out. Bob, that's now. your assignment. Uh, nope. Let us know. Nobody on tell Bob Wednesday during the unofficial forty. Yeah, if you no got, one, if you, you got your Chick Fil A, go on the board and mention this to Bob, or we will come find you. He might. Josh definitely does. Josh definitely does, but we're going to find out if Bob does. Can't wait to talk to Josh on. Uh, well, I mean, on Wednesday he was pretty ornery in the uh, war room tonight. He, he was. I mean, he was. I a think. Little, I think he had a couple whiskeys earlier today. He was a little ornery on Twitter as well. Was um, he? Uh, ornery, um, but no. I mean, I think that's going to be really interesting. Is just kind of the recruiting part of it, and, and what kind of impression this really did make on guys. I mean. Uh, you saw uh, Jackson Arnold with his kind of cryptic emoji that he put out there uh, after the game, which some people are saying that means that Peyton Bowen's coming. Uh, you know, we don't- hey, I for a for a five and five bullshit, whatever this thing is right now. Mm-hmm. I six thought the five. crowd six and five now. I thought the crowd, the atmosphere, yeah. all that kind of stuff, even like the the light stuff that they uh, synced up with the pregame video. Mm-hmm. I thought all that was great. Yeah. Like that was a very good atmosphere to know what that is at six and five. Like I, I think the, it sells. It definitely sells to the recruits that were in town today. Yeah. And there was a lot of them there. Yeah. It's like, it was big a big ones. It was like a, I saw David Hicks and David Stone before the game uh, down in the, in the Southeast corner talking or Southwest corner talking to uh, Todd Bates and it was just like, yeah. Those guys could probably play today. <laughs> Look at these guys. And, I mean, David Stone's still a junior in high school yeah. right now. But, yeah, I mean, you just have to watch Hicks's tape and realize, yeah, they don't have a guy like that. We want you back, man. <laughs> forget forget there was anything bad said. Well, get that NIL stuff going now. Peyton Bowen, I watched a little bit of that game last night, the Denton Geyer uh, Highland Park game. And, I mean, he's still just he's, – he's unbelievable. I think he's the best high school football player I've seen this year. Hundred yard kick return or a hundred yard interception return when it was fourteen point game. Wow, cutting it to seven, and he flips it upside down. They're up by twenty one all of a sudden. You know, I, I I can't help but notice because you know I, I heard some of the post game chatter and stuff that was going on radio stations. Uh, how do you think OS, OSU fans feel after watching this today? I mean, they had. I think that was they had a couple calls that Mike Gundy made in that game that if it were OU fans, they would be losing their minds. I think I would be losing my mind if I was an Oklahoma State fan about the kicking the field goal with uh, down 28 to nothing. I, I could make the argument, though, that I understand what he was doing. There's three and a half, I think 350 yeah. left all time in the outs. first half. You have all three timeouts. You know, if you're able to get a stop, go score, all of a sudden it's 28 to 10. And you're getting the ball out of the second half. I guess I can understand that. Punting, though, on fourth and two, and you know how bad OU's been in fourth and short all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like they didn't come in. Well, and, They're and, the first team in a while that hasn't tried to exploit that part of OU's failure. And that's what everybody year. says about Mike Gundy in this game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
he coaches not to win. And I think that, like, just the way that they came out, uh, you know, obviously Oklahoma's first offensive series was great, but the way that they came out was just I don't, it was just awful. I don't want to. I, I I don't want to. Uh, I'm dying. I know Eddie is. He's doing this under. You need like some water Gatorade break or something. No, I'm good. Uh, I don't want to give out this person's name because I don't know if they want it out there because it's kind of political. But the funniest thing I saw, I think, was. <laughs> um, the funniest thing I saw was uh, Mike Gundy's coaching is more conservative than his television news watching which is apparently hard to be I'd say that's pretty I'd say that's pretty uh, accurate pretty accurate yeah he just I mean it, I mean poor Spencer Sanders that guy laid his nuts out on the line he threw the ball 67 times tonight. oh I mean he was a warrior I mean I I I give it up to him he he's he's a little bit in that Sam Ellinger camp yeah. as far as like guys that you just respect and i mean he got pummeled tonight like yeah, he, he took was, a beat taking his it. jersey was just oh all his, grassed up his and, jersey was like dirty you know halfway through the first quarter yeah like it was it looked like he'd been through a, a four-quarter war by the start of the and second he's quarter he's not healthy to, to start with so i mean no that's just uh that's that's I, I was impressed i mean he's he's a warrior i don't think you could say I don't think anybody could talk shit on him, even if you're an OU fan. You shouldn't. So, no, but I, it's going to be really interesting seeing what happens uh, on the recruiting front. Josh will, uh, you know, be all over that tomorrow, uh, see kind of what the reaction is. I mean, the I late think, game. I think there's going to be some positive reviews coming out of uh, Norman OK tomorrow. Like you said, the, 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 the crowd was great. The atmosphere was great. They've done a better, better job each week and added more to the light show stuff. Uh, and then I'm sure the off season they'll make it even better. So, um, yeah, it was it was really impressive. I mean, there was a lot of it was a crazy day. I mean, uh, what Spencer Rattler did today? Did he end up with seven touchdowns or was it six? Um, but throwing for 400 yards, just uh, destroying Tennessee. And then unfortunately, Tennessee's uh, quarterback Hinton Hooker looked Man, like that... he had one of those non-contact knee blowout situations, kind of like the old Jason White deal. Um, Hopefully that's not the case, but it did not look good. He did walk off the field on his own, but uh, watch the USC-UCLA game as the OU game was going on or flipped a little bit. Um, and, you know, same old Lincoln-Riley-looking team. Caleb Williams, I, I saw some throws that he had to die, and it's just like, oh, gosh, he's good. He's going to be the number one pick next he year. He is really good. Uh, Spencer Rattler, as you said, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, I think they combined to throw for just under 1,000 yards wow. combined today. They might be able to you know, <laughs> throw some footballs. They might be able to throw a football. Well, good for Shane Beamer, though. That's a big win for him. Another big win for him. I, it was, you know, it, It's kind of come in a weird way. Didn't they lose to Vanderbilt here a couple weeks ago? Like It was much needed, I guess is probably the best way to say it. And then, God love them, TCU just keeps winning football games. I, I don't know if they're, you know, what their ceiling is. I mean, they might just be a team that is just has figured out winning where, you know, they're not a whole lot better than everybody. I mean, Kendra Miller left that game today. They lost uh, uh, Quentin Richardson, uh, Robinson. I can't remember the receiver's name. Uh, the big guy. They lost him halfway through. Quentin Johnson. Quentin, Quentin Johnson. Is that Quentin Johnson? Okay, yeah. Um, but they just continue to make plays, and Max Duggan, man. I mean, he he might be the guy that should be in New York. 
I mean, they're going, they're falling like flies. All the Heisman guys, uh, the the running back for Michigan went down today. They struggled with Illinois. Um, Illinois is a good football team, but it was it was a pretty crazy day in, in college football. Yeah, and it sets up for just a massive weekend next week with you know at least for a national implications and all that kind of stuff with. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, obviously, and yeah. then you know USC, Notre Dame is going to be a big game. There's going to be a lot of buzz around that. Go Irish, and <laughs> I might have to go to Mass tomorrow. <laughs> I might have to go to Mass this week. I might, yeah. I mean that. I could see Notre Dame just putting it to them the way they're playing right now. I don't know where that game's at. I mean, they kicked the crap I think out it's of Clemson in South Bend, so we'll see. Depends on the weather. You might rather play them out in LA just to get good weather. I mean, everywhere's man. Everywhere's kind of Buffalo light. Uh, it is there. in L.A. That it looked uh, beautiful in South Bend today. Snow and oh yeah. my god, it was like a it was like snowmageddon up. It there. wasn't like Buffalo bad. It was just like snow, snow. You couldn't really see the the out of bounds. You couldn't see the sideline because there was Love all the that. snow. Love that. So I look. There's there's a lot ahead. Um, you know, it's great that Oklahoma wins this game tonight. Uh, you know. Great to see that defense playing well. And like I said, look, you get upset all you want at us or me or whatever on Twitter, and I understand sometimes family members are the most emotional. But, you know, we've, we've, it's, not like, it's not like we haven't seen this team play like crap for a while. Like, there's been some bad stuff this year. Sure. And, like, I've given the offense a pass for a long time. Tonight's the first time I can definitely say – the offense didn't hold up their yeah, bar. The offense the probably, bargain. you know, even despite all the weather last week, was a little bit more of the root of the problem as well last week. So, yeah. uh, despite Eric Gray running for 200 yards a week ago. So, it's it's one of those things that, you know, everybody's mad. Everybody's going to be pissed off about it. But at the same time... You have eyes. You you see this. Like, everybody we're knows not that just it's piling not, on. It, yeah. It's not like it's not... This is nothing new. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. And I, you know, it's also just unbelievable to me that the tone that was in the post game, the tone that's even here a little bit, and they beat Oklahoma State by 15. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the week that Oklahoma OU was going to beat Spencer Sanders at quarterback, OSU, yeah, Spencer Sanders at quarterback, and OU was going to be able to beat OSU by uh, you know more than 14 points, I think everybody would have signed up for that. It's wild. That's crazy. I, I, yeah. I think that uh, Oklahoma State fans do have to be a little bit upset. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. And I've talked to a couple Oklahoma State buddies tonight just as far as, you know, I, I think that it's always going to kind of be one of those things that Mike Gundy's now what, 3 and 17 or 3 and 16, 15? I think it's 3, three and 15. 15 against Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. That, that's a game that Oklahoma State, you kind of got to smell blood in the water, don't you? I mean, that's a 5-5 five and five Oklahoma football team right now. And I know that they're beat up, but yeah. my God, that game was there for the taking. Did, even, did Colin Oliver come back tonight? I didn't even notice that because he went down. I think he walked off on his own. I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, their offensive line just isn't very good. No, and they're not. Everybody knows that, even OSU fans know that. So Jordan Kelly, you know, that, that entire group, Jonah Laulu, One, probably not a quick. bad night to have defensive ends play really well. Anything said afterward, Wanye Morris, uh, no, any anybody else that 
can't remember anybody else really going down. No, there wasn't anything said about injuries or anything like that. That was kind of weird, though. Like, I know that they took Wanye back to the, uh, to the locker, locker room, room at one point, uh, and he was, like, kind of grabbing his neck initially out on the field. So, I, I huh. have no idea. That was weird. Well, I mean, I, I thought overall the offensive line played well. They, they they didn't establish the run, though, as much as they needed to. It was just disjointed. It's like yeah. Eric Gray would have seven yards, and then he gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And then Everything they throw, dis- yeah. and they throw an incompletion, or somebody drop a ball. I mean, it's just – it was very disjointed. Uh, it, you know, not taking time off the clock made it look worse. And just – I mean, just the overall direction of the offense tonight just looked lost. Yeah. And I can't really say I felt that way. A lot this season. No, it, it, you know, it, if it's not one thing, it's something else with this team. It just, it feels really kind of strange how all that works out. But it, you know, again, they won by 15 in a, in a year where we've talked about losses five times. Yeah. Like it, it's hard to just really dig in on these but guys. But I mean, you know, they've lost by three to a team in Baylor that almost beat TCU today. Sure. You could argue should have beat TCU today. Sure. Uh, I mean, the West Virginia game was in a pouring, freezing rain. I mean, it was terrible for both teams. But again, you know, it's a close lot. I mean, like the 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 TCU and the Texas stuff. Of course, you have Dylan Gabriel back now, but that hasn't been happening. You haven't been having the games where you just felt like this team is completely overmatched, or uh, you know, they get completely outcoached, or they have terrible coaching, like. I think you feel pretty good coming out, and you should. And there's there's no that's not being a homer to do that, but you do want more. You want to you want to see that offense work a little bit better. I mean, you want to see that defense continue. So I think there are steps. And, and to be honest, the best thing to happen out of night to me for me is not just the win, but to see that defense go out, take it seriously, care about it, get better, show better on the field. That's the best that they've done all season. And and it's really good to see because I've really been questioning kind of the heart of those guys. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, that was kind of the first thing that I popped into my mind uh, midway through the first quarter is like, okay. Like, these guys, it, it was, there was like a, a, a focus about them. Mm-hmm. But there was also, I thought, like a very, like, they were just comfortable. Yeah. And I don't know how to, like, kind of put that into words. It's like, I thought the comfort level of that defense tonight was like, it almost felt like they just knew what was coming. Yeah, it really did. I mean, there were times that, like Loalu would chase down, you know, a, a screenplay. Yes. Like uh, you saw guys. Like they were seeing things. Yeah, they you were saw reading guys things. Te- seeing things develop and saying, okay, this is what they're doing. And I think a lot of that, though, is, is Oklahoma State just as plain as they possibly can be right now because of the injuries and all that kind of yeah. stuff and because how limited Spencer Sanders is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I'll say this. Regardless if all that stuff is true, we've not seen this defense, you know, diagnose things like they did No, today. I mean, my God, we are talking. We were talking a couple weeks ago if they can even line up. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you got to be pleased with what they were able to put forth today. All right. Uh, it's a little bit shorter of a pod than usual, but it's about 3 a.m., so... Uh, we're gonna go ahead and we'll uh, go. We'll go extra since I won as, wasn't on the U forty this week. Um, last week we'll do it. I guess we'll have Thanksgiving pod this week as well. Yeah, we have might to have do to go that. on. We'll go on Tuesday. So so Josh can we can we can talk to him and all that kind of stuff. Should we get some green bean casserole here for you? I would I would literally 
kill. We got an arrest going on outside. Ooh. What's going on? Ooh, can I take a live mic out there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody's getting a DUI. Yeah, it's uh, 3 a.m. on Campus Corner. You shouldn't be driving if you've been drinking. That sucks. That sucks for them. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it. We'll be back again uh, this week, uh, maybe Tuesday for the Thanksgiving pod. Uh, and that way, uh, Josh and um, Bob can get their two cents in on what they saw this weekend. But a, a great victory. Don't don't ever want to say it's not a great victory for Oklahoma, especially this season like this. They move on to 6-5. and five. Chance to finish 7-5 and five with a win at Tech. So, I mean... That could really, to me, be one of those things that helps Brent Venables keep his recruiting class together, keep his donor base together, keep the fans together. Uh, so let's see. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if that defense can go because because Texas Tech really multiple, really good offense, uh, and they they'll hit you on defense. They're not a bad team, so it's going to be a battle. Uh, and if OU can win it really put a nice cherry on top of, of a season that's been disappointing for a lot of people. So, Freddy Radosevich, I'm Kerry Murdoch. Uh, thank you for listening to the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. We'll see you back here again next time after uh, next week after Texas Tech.